Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Oh, Tony, baby. You're a mess. Thank Grimes, it's Tuesday. It's time for Trend Lightly. Are you ready? The trending news podcast for anyone who is literally not an absolute virgin. (laughs) Extremely online, extremely clueless, horny for Bitcoin. Oh, baby. You're in the right place. Now it's time to meet your host, the Irish-American tornado and the real princess of Wales. We are back. Molly McAleer and Tiffany Maddox. Welcome back, Trend Dogs. It's Molly McAleer, and with me, as always, is my fantastic co-host, Tiffany Scott Maddox. Hey, babe. Hi. How's it going? It's going well. Really, really well. Should I tell the audience about what's going on with my body? (laughs) Or is that going to be too polarizing? I don't know. When you say what's going on with my body, I think, like, immediately it starts to conjure up just, like, terrifying images, and actually, it's okay. Right. Yeah. Well, it is Halloween. Mm-hmm. But okay, so no, I have not. I've been going straight through on my birth control, which is called Slind. It's for women over 35 who smoke. Love it. And, which is, <laughs> it also works if you are a, a like a big girl too. That's, that's the other thing that's great about it. I mean, someone really had their thinking cap on that the day mm. that they created Slind. But I've been taking it straight through for like almost two years now. And I just was like, I'm doing the whole like October cleanse. And like part of that for me was not getting my nails done, mm-hmm. not doing my nails because my nails were, <sighs> I looked like a bogan and a farm animal. <laughs> and it's because my nails kept splitting and they're doing very well. But then also I... Um, I'm not doing my birth control, so I I got my period for the first time in uh, two years, and let's just say, hey, I forgot how bad this is. Oh, it's no fun at all. I ju- like I literally just had mine. Yeah, it's not great. Mm-mm. You forget? It didn't wreck. No, would not. No, wreck. no. And it it's like I've never I've been th- fortunate enough to never have natural issues where I did not get my period for a while so it just the idea of like what's going on or like two years worth the eggs falling out of me i don't know what <laughs> i don't really don't know what that means do you know what i mean right what does it mean do you know <laughs> i don't know how this particular method of birth control works so it would be difficult to know but i don't think you're gonna give birth to like a clutch, like a salmon. No, I know. I feel like I am going to be like a salmon, like, or like a turtle that, you know, I would love to be like a turtle, honestly, but yeah, no, no. So there's that, but here's one, one little piece of upsetting info. And I really wish that I could do it. If I could do one thing all over in my life, it's this. Yesterday I ordered some Instacart because I was like, I need to have a frittata. Like, I just need it. I require it. It's uh-huh. 
you know, it became a thing where I was like, I haven't had my period in two years. Like, I'm getting a fucking frittata. Like, it, it <laughs> became a thing like that. So I ordered Instacart. Guess what I did? I sent it to the wrong house. Oh, and no. I had to tell the guy, I am so fucking sorry, but I'm not at that address. And then I had to start over again. And let's just say, I at 4 p.m. yesterday, I had some great eggs. But... In that first Instacart order, I was too bashful to order this a second time, was a Cool Ranch Doritos nail polish set. Mm. So you could, like, it's the colors of Cool Ranch Doritos. <gasps> oh, that's beautiful. I know. Isn't that stunning? It's stunning. stunning. So I almost considered getting that for myself for when when I'm over my nail polish break. I could have had cool ranch Dorito fingers, but I was just too embarrassed. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. It's just period shame, you know? Yeah. No, I totally get it. You know what I did yesterday? And this is like a really bizarre thing to spend your Saturday doing. Ice skate? No, I built a web app. Oh. <laughs> what did you What did you What did you make? I don't know. It was a like a resource library of AI tools. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That's very helpful. I know. I found out that there's this there's a thing called Airtable, which is like Google Sheets like on crank. And that I think that's even I mean Airtable you can do loads of stuff in, but basically at its most basic level it's like a kind of like a spreadsheet type thing, but supercharged. And then there's this like plugin that you can get and it can convert the data that's in that spreadsheet into like a living, breathing, like database, like an app called Soft, I think it's called Softer. And uh, I found it and I was like, I want to play around with it because I'm sick. And then I made a, I made a, I made a database. I made a whole like website. I mean, I've, I've made many websites in my life, but like I made Tiffany, a- that's so impressive. I was so impressed with myself. Uh, Pigeon just jumped on my tit. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that's really impressive. One of my friends is a big old geek and he gets approached to do like he's like the number one thing people come up to me and ask is like, can you make me an app? And like the fact that you could make one so easily is very impressive to me. Yeah, it was a it was a fun learning experience, you know, like to expand my horizons and just do more internet, like just as much internet as I possibly can. And I wanted to find a way of like, because there's so many of these different tools, and I use quite a lot of them anyway, day to day. But like, being able to tag them, even if it's only for me. But once it's done, I can share a link if anybody wants to check it out. But to be able to like click on like a podcast tag and it bring up all of the apps like uh what's it called um you know the ones yeah like <laughs> all the ones Stitcher, that they have apple podcasts spotify <laughs> iheart what's the other thing i was thinking of it's the one where you can get a transcription and you can edit a piece of text and it basically edits the podcast like the audio so you're not doing audio editing you're doing like oh, anyway descript descript that's the one and it kind of like learns your voice so if you say something insane you can like delete it and type something less insane and that's in the podcast as you can see we don't use it on this podcast <laughs> 
But yeah, I thought it was, uh, yeah, I thought it was interesting. I was like, I'm going to build a web app. So I did that. Maybe we should use it on this podcast so that like for weeks we need off, we can just write a script of the things that we would say. That's funny. Don't you think? That would be funny. I I just put in me barking. Yes. A lot. But here's my thing for you. Why don't, when you list your app, why don't you fill it with viruses and- Mm I'm listening. Tell me more. <laughs> Steal all the sensitive information of the people who download it as a prank. Oh, that's a good idea. What I was actually thinking is just putting affiliate links for all of the tools that I use in this database. Um, yeah. That's smart. Yeah. That's smart. That's what Very I'm thinking, smart. Baby. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, I forgot to put our affiliates last week in, in the bio, and I'm sorry for that. It's okay. I'll do it this week. That's okay. This week's going to be different. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But no, it really will be. Well, Tiff, should we get into the newsy news? Let's do a little news. Why not? For a treat. For a treat. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, all right. I know that I'm probably on the wrong side of history with my take on the whole Sniper Wolf and Jack's films. I forgot to tell you, there was a message that was passed on to us via instagram let me just look it up it says if sniper wolf was a man and jack's films was a woman would the situation be different y'all are whack double standards um well so we're whack wait i mean (laughs) i knew that i do feel like if there was a woman who spent 11 months making videos about a man on youtube and then he turned up at her house I still would think it was pretty weird that she'd spent 11 months harassing him, regardless of the gender. Or if this person was non-binary, if everybody in this scenario was non-binary, I would still think that that was a little bit weird behavior. Yeah, if they were clear, if they were like invisible beings, I would find that to be weird. I mean, here's the thing. I just think it's weirdo behavior. And like watching this unfold, I'm going to be real with you over the last week, the sort of demanding and like it's to me it's gotten really far away from the plot of what she's doing is wrong mm-hmm. and started to feel like when i was like watching like h3 for example great ally of jack's films like when they were talking about this it started to feel to me like it, the, just the goal was to get her banned like it seemed like it had moved away from the doxing it had moved away from all these other things and it just became about getting her banned mm-hmm. and i to me it's just it's just strange it's just the the things it smells strange to me I, yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, also at no point did we say that what she did was cool. I don't think we no. did. Like, it's not it's not acceptable behavior to dog someone. Do not do that. Like, we know that that doesn't end well. So don't fucking do that. Unacceptable behavior. And like, I did see someone was downvoted to hell yesterday on the FOMOIR Reddit about the a new update that YouTube has temporarily demonetized her channel. Mm-hmm. Someone said, well, like, no offense, but, like, if you're fucking with a crazy person, 
for 11 months, like, don't you think that, like, the natural result would be that that crazy person would then break the rules, Mm -hmm. you know? And, like, I I just, I was, like, why am I, like, I'm, like, I must really be on the wrong side of history here, but I'm not seeing it yet. Like, I haven't pulled back from this far enough to, like, see the bigger picture of what's going on, because right now I'm just very focused on the micro of him spending 11 months doing a bit almost every single day where he in like the name of like oh this is like justice it's like i don't know this doesn't feel like fucking justice to me like this f- feels weird mhm you know something smells bad about this whole thing just weirdo behavior all around really i also think it's kind of look people obviously very much care about jack's films that have come out to bat for him but i don't I see like a, a level of outrage directed at her that I don't think comes exclusively from his fan base. I think it's just like, yeah, now we've got a thing for this like pretty young woman who's making a lot of money doing very little. Now we've got a, an excuse to like to vilify her, which is, I don't know. I don't think these people are passionate anti-doxers. I think there's like, right. I think there's it's misogyny like- in the air a little. And I I will say, like, you know, I have read some tweets that say, because, like, by the way, this has been on my, you know, they make that personal little trending page for you. This is, their names have been at the top of it for, like, a week. Mm-hmm. And I don't consider myself someone who dabbles in the Jack's films, Sniper Wolf, or Sniper Wolf world frequently. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So I did see a couple things where apparently, like, she has bullied other female gamers off of apps like twitch or something which isn't good no you can't do that i have no skin in the game like i don't care for her she's not someone i watch or follow 100 percent. and i don't watch or follow him i'm just objectively looking at this going wow this is weirdo behavior on both sides it's it's super weird on both sides do you want to read her statement that came out after by the way so many community notes on all of this mm-hmm. like YouTube tweeted, like, would it be too meta if we made a reaction video to a reaction video? And people did not like that. And immediately there was a community note being like, YouTube is referring to, like, this ongoing thing where it's, and I'm like, who are are you freaks on a leash? Like, who are making, how do people make, like, how do people make a community note? Yeah. Okay, this is uh, Leah's statement. She says, let me start by saying I'm sorry for my recent actions. It is inexcusable. I'm sorry to Jack's film, YouTube, the entire creator community and my incredible fans for not being a better example for appropriate conflict resolution. Jack's film. While we certainly don't see eye to eye and have our differences, I'm sorry for reacting the way I did when I should have taken the opportunity to show young creators how adults and professionals resolve conflict by communicating directly, respectfully, and privately, not for views or content, but a meaningful example of how conflict should be solved. I will reach out directly and hope we can find some time to connect and communicate, respectfully. I'd also like to thank YouTube for holding me accountable. I deserve it. Respect the decision and appreciate the opportunity to learn and grow from a true lapse in judgment. Ooh, a long and continuous lapse in judgment. Is that what is that what um Logan said? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah. But wait, real quick, do you not 
I like see like the kind of great shade here where she was like, I should have contacted, you know, him directly mm-hmm. and had an adult conversation that wasn't about views or content. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ooh, that's kind of like a nice piece of delicious shade. IMO. Mm-hmm. Because that is not what Jack's films did. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. Um, of course, none of like people are saying like film yourself reading this out loud. I hate I hate this, like, um, you know, like your apology isn't good enough for me, culture. I do. I don't like it. I agree. I agree. This feels like a a mature it's like all of the cor- it has all the correct beats of a public apology it takes accountability it doesn't distance herself from her actions and it f- sets out next steps for for you know what's coming you know what's coming next it isn't just a thing that's an empty sorry and then that's the end of it it seems like it's a sorry i did this i'm accountable for it here's what i'm going to do to rectify it which is a the correct way to apologize as far as I'm aware. But it doesn't really matter because <laughs> some people, it's never going to be enough for any, no. like any apology is never enough for people. Like that is a hard thing to to rectify. Yeah, it is. I don't know. I don't know. Just um, we we felt like we needed to do some due diligence and follow up on that. So the apology has happened. And Sniper Wolf is temporarily demonetized, which feels like an insane reaction to me. But okay, you guys, like, you win. You know, you're so right, too, about it being an off-platform situation. Mm. Like, she did this on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. But they want to fuck with her bag because, again, she's making money, making low-effort content, and... People want to, you know, there's a probably a level of uh, resentment and jealousy and disgust about that. How dare she? How dare this pretty girl, like, be in her bag? And so they want to fuck with her money. And that's understandable because I think that's where the root of a lot of the, like, misogyny comes from. But it happened on Instagram. So what, what are Instagram going to do about it? I'd be more interested in that. I mean, could one argue that what she's doing more than a reaction is sort of like cur- like curation? Yeah, maybe. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know why I'm trying to find loopholes for this person, but I just am like, I just, I think I hate, I hate that what... I hate this thing. I hate the the pylon, the pitchforks, the like. Yeah, I hate the pitchforks. I hate the pylon. You know, the other thing is, is like it might look like there's a disproportionate amount of fans, partially because you know, just Sniper Wolves fans are very young, like they're very young, and they're not going to be on Twitter campaigning for her, right? So, but I guess you have to be 100% on someone's side in this. So, yeah, there's no room for, here's the thing. I wasn't aware that we weren't in No Nuance November yet. (laughs) Oh, that's right. (laughs) I'm really finding there to be a distinct lack of nuance right now. Generally, say no more fam, that I just find exhausting. There's a real lack of like thoughtfulness and empathy and uh, 
grace and it's quite depressing. And I don't know, when I see a pylon, I always think like there, but for the grace of God, go I, like heaven forbid, like heaven forbid I'm the internet's top story one day. Cause, yeah. Cause fuck, because none of us would deal with that particularly well. No, no. I mean, you know, you could be plain lady and have some low key fans, mm. but no. And I, yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't, I, it's, it doesn't sit right with me. I think someone said, like, they talked about, they said, they mentioned, like, an expression yesterday. I was doing a lot of Reddit reading. Mm-hmm. And someone basically said, like, there's this, like, it's basically, like, thought murdering when you try to bring up a middle road because people will automatically shut you down. And I'm like, that is such a good way to refer it's like yeah because like once you're slapped with like sort of a with a response you know that's sort of like no you like you don't understand like (laughs) it literally does it like murders the thought you Mm -hmm. know it's like it's very to me it's very i thought that was like very eloquently put but yeah anyway oh so let's talk about britney's book oh so let's talk about britney's book yeah. People are saying that so many headlines have come out yet that um, they're kind of afraid that the book is being spoiled completely. And I just want to say as someone who is an enthusiast of books like this and understand that they have to go through the press ringer quite a bit, mm-hmm. I I will tell you that I've never had the joy thieved from me via headlines and articles like to me the best like yeah these are the splashy things that are going to be headlines but to me the best parts of the book are things that the media probably wouldn't even think to write about Mm -hmm. and then also like when you're reading a memoir in particular it's like when you spend you spend a great deal of time with that person and there's like a like a like a, a nuance and a subtlety and like like a framing of things like I remember when I read Jeanette McCurdy's book I was like well I've all of the uh most inflammatory things are already out in the press circuit but like when you read the whole thing kind of piece to piece it's like you kind of you're spending time with her in her world and so it feels kind of all the more consuming and the smaller things actually like are are given like light and 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 depth because you're just with that person for a while. So like, I'm, I'm not really too worried about the same, like as you like reading the sort of salacious headlines, because I know I get to, first of all, spend some time with Brittany speaking in her own voice, which she hasn't had the opportunity to do for so long. Mm-hmm. And there will be, yeah, there will be things there that won't be a full kind of like media story, but I'm sure will be incredibly fucked up still. So don't worry, like there's still gonna be some, there's still gonna be some shit to uncover. Yeah, I found that my favorite part of Jessica Simpson's book, which is amazing, one of the things that stuck out to me is just incredible, was one, like some of the finer details of the John Mayer stuff, but also finding out that like Tony Romo was had so much money and was such like a boy about it that he literally had like waterlogged checks in the like stack of magazines next to his toilet for like $75,000. And wow. like just uncashed, like just wasn't even aware of all the money that he was making. And I found that to be so interesting because it's like 
that's something that only like an intimate partner would know. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just I don't know. There's like, yeah, there's always lots of tidbits that really um have you raising your eyebrows. Just so people know, I am thinking of the same way that I did with open book sort of live tweeting my reading of it. Mm. I hope that that makes people want to go out and check it out more. But, you know, nine million copies have already been sold. Hell yeah. So, Yeah. That's the tea on the street. I think uh, Heather McDonald said that. She heard that from Cade, like the guy that hangs around with Brittany. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how I don't know how reliable Cade is, but yeah. So tell me, tell me, okay, tell me the Justin story. Yeah. So there's uh, this whole Timberlake of it all was kicked off because of the the revelation that Brittany had had uh, an abortion pregnant with Justin Timberlake's baby and the excerpt from the book that's going around is Brittany who says it was a surprise but for me it wasn't a tragedy I love Justin so much I always expected us to have a family together one day this would be much earlier than I'd anticipated but Justin definitely wasn't happy about the pregnancy he said we weren't ready to have a baby in our lives and that we were way too young if it would have been left up to me alone, I never would have done it. And yet Justin was so sure that he didn't want to be a father. To this day, it's one of the most agonizing things I have ever experienced in my life. So, I mean, Justin Timberlake is on quite a lot of people's shit list anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean. He's been on mine definitely since Janet. And maybe even before then. I don't know. I just got a vibe. I've uh, just never really liked him. No. And I don't like that he thinks he's so funny. No. No, no. Absolutely not. I saw a post that I thought was really interesting on Fomoir subreddit that said, it appears Justin Timberlake is using bots to defend himself on Twitter. And then pulled up a screenshot of people posting the same talking point, which is two consenting adults made a joint decision that was best for them at that period in their lives. I see no issue. And then that is posted multiple times, which I don't know, it wouldn't surprise me. Celebrities using bots. We've seen it before. Yeah, I I saw that and I agreed that it seemed fishy. I also wondered if it was like maybe a fan. Yes. Doing that more than cuz he does still have fans. I mean, we can't forget that he was one of the most popular you know, musicians in the world for quite some time and that people, maybe Taylor Swift, a huge NSYNC fan, is the one who's d- employing these bots. Mhm. I think it could be Taylor. But, okay, so I actually kind of was into Justin Timberlake's secret daughter. Yeah, I liked it as a as a theory. I don't know if I believe that it's a hoax. I don't know what I believe either way. I'm going to be real with you. Like, my head is spinning from it all. So, like, people have alleged, like, there's people alleging that Iris... Timberlake. There was like an account called like I Hate Iris Timberlake or something too. That he had a little girl that with a with a woman maybe a year or so after he and Britney broke up and that he's paid a lot of money to keep it secret. Now, there's a long thread on Twitter with a decent amount of evidence that's like and not you know, it's evidence in the way that's like I don't know, Kaler evidence, but kind of, right? (laughs) Yeah, very circumstantial, but quite compelling. Like, for example, there's a picture of the daughter's birth certificate. They also post that classic 
Ho's secret gem. One of these men is the father and he pays me a lot to keep it secret. And the background of the picture is a collage of like all these different famous men that include LOL, Ryan Seacrest, Vince <laughs> Vaughn, Tom Hanks. Simon know. Cowell, by the looks yeah, of it. Yeah, as if, right? And then, you know, sort of prominently in, in the center of the collage is a picture of Justin Timberlake. Uh-huh. And I'm just, I just got to say, I'm buying it. (laughs) The Reddit post thing is interesting as well. So as part of this thread, it says, last year, there was an anonymous post on Reddit claiming they were the secret daughter of a celebrity and they wanted to expose him. When people started guessing Justin Timberlake, the post was deleted. And that was on our entitled people. It said, friend is the secret daughter of a celebrity. He makes everyone sign an NDA when it comes to her. And my friend wants to publicly expose him so badly. Yeah. And I remember that post existing as well when that first came out, because that was like early core kind of, right? When it went up. But yeah, like, I mean, I guess the people who are saying that this is all a hoax, like the best that they have is that a picture of one of the people that they posted saying that like, oh, here's Justin dancing with his daughter at a wedding it's a it's a grown woman and like iris is supposed to be about they say like 21 or 22 years old or something and they did show a lot of texts like some of the things that are posted are these texts where it's like you think you can do whatever you want because of who your who your father is and blah 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 so i I I don't know. Like, I kind of just think, like, debunking it and saying that this one video is actually this woman, Liz or something, who's, like, giving a speech at a wedding. I I don't really view this as, like, damning evidence except for, like, maybe one of the things that's included. Well, like, one of the things that's included is some fucking TikTok. Like, I don't know. I just... I think I think that this could this would make sense. A few compelling, but albeit very circumstantial, pieces of evidence in the thread. I just believe it. I don't know, like the for something about the post secret card put me over the edge. Because mm. he's the only one that's in super clear view, mm-hmm. besides Ryan Phillippe. And by the way, how many of the like those men in that picture still have a lot of money? <laughs> Well, I can't identify most of them. I feel like. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. It's a fun game. There's like a teeny tiny Orlando Bloom. Mm. A large Christian Slater. 
a dismembered Vince Vaughn. Some, yeah. some guy I don't know. Is that Mark Antony? Oh, this is kind of fun. Freddie Prince? No, he wouldn't do that. He wouldn't. No. I mean, I wouldn't put it past Justin. I'll also say, in 1998, a big poppin' song was Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. <gasps> You're so right. You know who came up with that with me the other night? is Flo, our friend Flo. <gasps> I saw oh, her. Flo! You saw her in yeah, the flesh? She was, mm-hmm, she was in town and we got tacos. Oh, I'm so it jealous. It was like the perfect it was the perfect dinner. Like we pigged out on chips and guac for so long that when my two tacos came, they were like exactly they hit the exact spot and then Ugh. Yeah. It was so it was really nice to see her and she cuz she had driven down here for a few days. And yeah, God bless America. <laughs> Did you talk about me? A little bit, yeah. Okay, good. Mostly good things. <laughs> No, we did talk about you. Yeah, for sure. We were, I think, mostly both just both lamenting about our various life struggles, which is always a good thing to do. Cathartic, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And now I have my, I probably am going to have my period forever. (laughs) So it was nice to get that some iron in with that taco yeah yeah it really helped i think <laughs> set me up for success this week i can't stop thinking about me as a turtle no i like that i actually just read a book where a woman was obsessed with turtles oh really mm-hmm. what's it what's it called it's called the co-worker and it's about uh, a woman who is accused of killing her co-worker and her co-worker is a woman called dawn who's obsessed with turtles, and the murder weapon is a big ceramic turtle. You'd love it. Oh, my God. That's like a perfect book for me. Yeah, it's really, it's like, it's very fun and trashy. I have exactly one Audible credit left (laughs) as well. I have to change my credit card that it's on, my Audible account. And so I was like, oh, I'm getting getting down to it. I bought like an Andrea Yates book last night. And so I'm like, oh, man, I've got one more Audible credit to burn. Maybe I need to get that Mm because I would love to read a turtle-based murder mystery. Yes. There's a lot of – the good thing about it as well is that there's a lot of turtle facts in it. So every Mm. time we hear anything from the voice of Dawn through her emails or whatever, she usually starts the emails with some sort of anecdote or insight about turtles. I fucking love turtles, dude. Yeah, that's like so I love. It's gonna be gonna. That's gonna be really good. <laughs> will you send me the name of the book again? I will. I will. I'll text, text it to you. Okay, yeah. thank you. You guys, let's do. Let's read the turtle book together. <laughs> it's the trend lately book club. If we had a Discord, we could have a book club thread. Yeah, I know. I do want to get a Discord, but I don't want to get in trouble. Why would you get in trouble? I just feel like that's where all the trouble happens is on Discord. You're right. You're right. You're right. You know, isn't it always like, what if I accidentally groom a minor? (laughs) (laughs) Well, don't. I mean, I'm not. That's my thing is like, I wouldn't want to do it. It would be like, you know. Oops. It would be in it. Yeah. Oops, like or what if someone was like, I'm a minor. You know, kids do that online now. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm a minor. I'm a 13 year old boy. Yeah. I'm a what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, then why are you talking to fucking adults, weird ass? Like, this is the internet. Like, don't you like quite literally get the net. You yeah. know what I mean? Be careful. 
Okay, so this is some news that was sent to me by friend of the show, friend of the network, hardly focused Jack Gill. He sent this to me. And I don't know if you've seen any of the videos going around from the Eras Tour movie, but there's yeah. one of like girls sort of dancing in a circle mm-hmm. at the very end. And mm-hmm. it, they're sort of like recreating the Willow music video or like the Willow stage performance that's at the concert, I think. Like that's a big part of it. I don't really know. Or maybe they're just fucking like. Dizzy. It's like we're like the fucking most annoying nerd fan base that's ever existed. So what's more likely that they're just like fucking indoor kids who've left the house to go to a movie and are are being weird? Or is do you think Taylor Swift is encouraging witchcraft? I don't know. <laughs> but Candace Taylor, who is on Facebook... No, I guess this is a Twitter account. Okay, so it says, but it's written like a Facebook post. Okay. She tweets, did you really just praise your fans for making videos with your music and quote casting spells, Taylor Swift 13? What's wrong with you? I was a fan from day one and loved how much you grew in your singing ability. Shade. I love that you write your own music. My daughter has grown up dancing with me to your songs, singing at the top of our lungs, and attending your concerts. I've heard from others that attended this last tour that you had some satanic nods in your show. I didn't want to believe it. After all, I know you've claimed to love Jesus. I know you've claimed to be a Christian. I don't think I've ever heard her say she loves Jesus. No, I don't think so. She did say she's a Christian. She did, and Miss Americana, I remember that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But... I, I don't think I've ever heard I love Jesus come out of her mouth. <laughs> now, you've not only drifted, you backslid. You're celebrating witchcraft. You're influencing innocent minds to be enticed with the dark side of spirituality. Yum. The word of God that you once confessed is clear. It is better to tie a milestone around your neck than it is to be to want <laughs> to let one of these children fall. I am so beyond disappointed. I'm literally SMH. (laughs) (laughs) That's the bit she chose to abbreviate. (laughs) I'm literally SMH. I pray that you repent. I pray that uh, something pricks your heart. You've been gifted a huge platform. It just didn't happen. God breathed on this. He can't remove his hand and leave you to the witchcraft and your own devices. Let's see how much Lucifer cares about you or your career. I promise he doesn't. Well, I don't know. I think a lot of people would disagree. There's a lot of songs about the devil. Yeah, there is a lot of music about the devil. So wait, so this is all in response because Taylor tweeted something to the fans about going to see the Eras movie. And she's very, she's very like not tweety anymore, which sucks because she used to be so tweety. Mm -hmm. But she writes, what a truly mind-blowing thing you've turned the Eras tour concert film into. I've been watching videos of you guys in the theaters, dancing and prancing and recreating choreography, creating inside jokes, casting spells, getting engaged, and just generally creating the exact kind of joyful chaos we're known for. One of my favorite things you've done was when you supported Cruel Summer so much. I ended up starting the Eras Tour show with it. For old time's sake, I'm releasing the live audio from the tour so we can all shriek in the comfort of our homes and cars. Plus, a brand new remix by LPGOB. I don't know. 
then a, like a little stick out, sticking out the tongue face. And then thank you so much forever. Wow. Just thank you. So I think like the sticking out the tongue thing is a little bit of a nod to how the fandom like would get so hyped up for something that Taylor Nation was like leading up to. And people kept thinking, oh, this is going to be an album release. It's going to be this. It's going to be you know, I don't know, cardigan drops or something. And then it would ultimately be like, here's our 17th like Willow remix. And Mm -hmm. like, it was like started to be a joke within the fandom. That's the only reason why I can imagine she'd put that winky face with the tongue out. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. She's a weird woman. (sighs) Witchcraft is cool and it is almost Halloween. So what do you yeah. do? I just bought a cauldron, actually. You did for what? For what? For spells. Are you gonna really do that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what kind of spells? All kinds. Okay. <laughs> I found it on Etsy. Yeah. the The whole like sort of, I don't know. I kind of do wish that like celebrities would stop doing these like winks to like Illumin- Illuminati imagery. Like it's kind of mm. like dude, like. This isn't like I don't think I don't think it's helping, but it maybe is hurting a little. Like, yeah, I don't know. I just like there's so much stuff where it's like I feel like it's also like played out. Like it just feels played out to me, and I don't know. I would just try to have a satanic imagery free show if I was (laughs) I was an artist. Do you remember when Kanye was doing the Donda shows and like lighting himself on fire and stuff? People kept coming back and being like, there was a lot of really weird energy last night. Like, did anyone feel? I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, maybe it's like the manic bipolar person that's at the helm of this entire thing. (laughs) (laughs) And not not the witchcraft of it all. But yeah, I don't know. Same thing happened with the um, on the Renaissance tour. Because there was a, there's like a kind of a bunch of visuals where she's like getting changed or the set changing or whatever. And there was this one that was very much like, I don't know, I think it was supposed to be very sort of like techno futury as the whole show is anyway. And it had a little like, I am not a robot, like, you know, checkbox thing and like a loading screen or whatever. And then it, and then in big letters, it said mind control and this kind of like hypnotic eye thing. And I did see some really corny little fucks on the internet being like, she's mind controlling everyone. I'm like, yeah, because if she was, she would tell you. She would put it in huge letters on the screen. That's exactly what she'd do. Yeah. Like, do you? Y'all haters are corny. With that Illuminati Yeah, Yeah, it's just she said it before. So, I, you know, and I definitely don't want Beyonce to call me a hater. No, you don't want to be a hater. No, I don't want to be a hater. Wait, okay, so Josh Peck has scabbed <laughs> on Tana Mojo's podcast. So I, I, I'm gonna not, I'm gonna not lie to you. I'm gonna keep it 100p real. I actually very much enjoy watching Tana Mojo's podcast. The girl is a gift for gab, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like she just really is. She's a good talker, and I didn't know that. This was like it's not even in the in the thumbnail that she surprises her co-host with Josh Peck because her co-host is for some reason brought up 
in almost every episode, like anytime something feels surreal or something, she's like, yeah, it's like Josh Peck and Oppenheimer. <laughs> and so <laughs> it's been this like ongoing thing where she always says that. And Tana, of course, knows Josh Peck. So from like, you know, his affiliation with the vlog squad. So she invites him over. The vlog squad is not mentioned in this episode, which is truthfully what I was kind of chomping at the bit for. Uh-huh when this started because i think a lot of people have noticed that josh is not really around and people initially thought that maybe it was because he was filming the turner and hooch remake for disney of course (laughs) which i mean have you ever seen turner and hooch probably when i was a child yeah it's early early stage tom hanks who's like a detective working with the dog. Mm-hmm. And I think the dog is kind of like Dennis the Menace. I don't know. I, I honestly haven't seen it in forever too. But it feels like something, one of those things that if you were to make it today, people really wouldn't understand it. And mm-hmm. it's just funny to me that that's what he did. So anyway, he goes on the podcast. Now, one of the things with the strike is you're not allowed to promote your work. You're not allowed to talk about anything. If you're a member of SAG, you're not allowed to be out there talking about the movies, the projects that you're working on, right? So, yeah, he shows up and he he scaps. He even calls it out when he's doing it because mm-hmm. he's describing the plot of the movie and then he interrupts himself to say, I'm, I'm technically not supposed to be doing this. So do, let's play that clip of him scabbing. How did this come about? Oppenheimer? Yes. Okay, so technically, technically, I'm not allowed to talk about this stuff because we're on strike, but for you, oh. Tana. Wait, wait, I don't <laughs> want to make you do that. I know, but no one t- from we, that I, realm is watching this podcast perfect. if it makes you feel any better. <laughs> I can't come here and meet you for the first that, time and well, not talk about it. Yeah, I'm, like, well, I'm equally impressed with all the other things you've done, but Oppenheimer just happens to be my fave. No, <laughs> it's me too. Like, I, like if people like bring up Drake and Josh, I'm always appreciative, but I'm yeah. like, heard it. So what do you think? He's scabbing. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that he had the awareness to say I shouldn't be doing this. I mean, yeah, but he's not Killian Murphy, so I don't know. No, <laughs> no but he's the guy who doesn't press the button. <laughs> fair, fair. No, but here's the thing. I thought I think that there's also there seems to be people are a little bit at a breaking point with this too. Yeah. There's a lot of frustration on the actor's behalf. Like Mandy Moore went off on Instagram because there's this thing going around like reminder to everyone in SAG like this Halloween like don't dress up as and like the examples were Oppenheimer and Barbie yeah and she literally just like Instagram story this and was like are you for fucking real like (laughs) Mandy like literally kind of for Mandy Moore she kind of lost it yeah and she's like are you for fucking real like this is what we're talking about like go sit down at the table and keep going like what are you doing yeah also she just had bought a Barbie costume and was really pissed off because she'd worked really hard on it maybe that's almost definitely true (laughs) (laughs) but like is it is it promote? I mean, listen, I know one person who's safe is fucking Heidi Klum. Because you know she's going to show up looking like a goddamn worm. I know. She's going to do something so left field. She's going to be like a like a cotton ball or something. I will say, yeah. So t- for anyone in SAG after who's listening to this, one, probably don't tell on Josh Peck. But two, <laughs> like, this just doesn't feel like a worthy pursuit. But two, 
I, you know, take some tips from Heidi, you know, like get out of your comfort zone. Be a worm. Be a worm. You know, be a worm. But I mean, like, what what's the expiration date on dressing up as a celebrity for Halloween during this? Like, I mean, like if someone shows up dressed as like Liz Taylor's Cleopatra, mm-hmm. which I actually think is probably racist. So maybe you shouldn't do that anyway. Mm-hmm. I can't really tell. but. If you do that, are you promoting a movie? (laughs) Maybe it's only movies that have been made um, since the strike has begun. Maybe anything before that is fair game. And, you know, this seems like something we could easily Google, but I'm just not going to do that. I like to live in a place of wondering sometimes. Mm -hmm. I just like to wonder. Should we venture a guess at what Heidi Klum is going to be this year? I would love to do that. (laughs) well my friend emily rubin big time listener of the pod met her in a pool in cancun is always like a slutty version of a pop culture moment and last year i workshopped with her a costume and she went as a slutty wordle oh what was okay so was that the word s-l-u-t-t-y i think so i think she had like a i have to find the picture but i think she had like a wordle board on it she does great dress up she sent me some pictures of her when she used to go and get pictures taken on Santa's lap and there's one where he's like holding her hair back while she pretends to puke. She's very, she's, she's fun. She's very oh, fun. If you guys want to check out, I did some, I pitched some Vanderpump Rules costumes on the podcast Vanderpump Robs last week. I was on the show with him and we came up with some, I, my favorite is like the Bubba painting from Tom and Katie's apartment. I just think that it's really easy thing to create with like a sandwich board type situation and i don't know maybe you can have a tit out or something if you want you can cut a hole in it and do that what could heidi be i'll tell you what so far ruben sent me as her slutty costume idea she said slutty cockroach at the map gala slutty chinese balloon slutty worm with a mustache love that slutty candle roy slutty frostbitten penis slutty broken ticket master <laughs> Oh, that's great. Wait, slutty, slutty Kendall Roy with a penis? No, um, frostbitten penis. Slutty frostbitten oh. penis. Yeah. Oh, got it. Because of Harry. Because of Harry's, Harry's balls. And that could be a couple cu- couple's costume because you can go as the lotion as well. You could. That's very true. What do I think Heidi is going to be? Ooh, that is so hard. Because she's like, because she does like to go kind of scary she does but it's always like off the wall yeah um if you're listening to this podcast please let us know (laughs) what you think heidi's gonna be for halloween what about like i mean she's not really like a tiktok person i would say like slutty pink sauce with botulism (laughs) (laughs) i've had to think I mean, like, so do you do you think that the Heidi Klum costume, some people wondered if it was based off of the would you love me if I was a worm meme? That's funny. So do you think that maybe that was the root of it? Maybe. I mean, she has to stay away from insects this year. Yes. Yeah. That's true. She's done that. I'm thinking because the the special effects people that she works with every year, I assume that they have a pretty big like hand in i mean the last few years there have been some just absolutely completely bananas costumes like that one where she was like 
covered in tubes. And she was like kind of a cyborg lady. What if she goes as Iris Timberlake? <laughs> um, let me look up her. Let me look up on to see. Because like I feel like she could go as like a good mummy. Like I feel like she would kill that with like a rotting face and shit like that. Yeah. Oh, so she went as Fiona from Shrek once. Oh, she did that. Oh, the awful skeleton. Yeah, but she had but like. she did. Yeah. Oh, it was like an it's an anatomy thing. She went as a snake in an apple once. Um, biblical Jessica Rabbit was really good. Yeah, that big tube one looked rough because it looked like you just wouldn't be able to pee because I think it was like a full. I mean, you couldn't pee in the worm. To be fair, no, you couldn't pee in the worm. I mean, you could, you think but she it wouldn't be good. Wears a diaper underneath her worm costume for sure. I think she took it off as soon as the pictures were taken, though, right? Because she couldn't. I really hope. Walk in I it. would hope so. Yeah. It seems like she's done Gaga, so maybe she could go the pop star route or like the musician route. Ooh, Marge Simpson. So like characters like this aren't off the table for her because mm-hmm. Fiona, Marge. First of all, is Heidi Klum even in SAG-AFTRA? Does she act? No, I don't think so. Maybe she had like a bit part in like Zoolander or something. Oh, I liked it when she was just an old lady. I think she could go as, oh God, I mean this human body thing, the anatomy thing is so disgusting. Hmm. She seems to like insects a lot. She does. I could see her going as like a spider in a, like a spider. Oh, a really scary spider mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i don't know how do you top the worm you know what i mean you i like you can't you literally cannot yeah she's she's just so good at halloween she is she's the halloween queen and, and i don't think she gets credit the way that like mariah carey does for being the queen of christmas no but i mean like you know i think i think she's getting there it's interesting to see the evolution of her costumes like if we start all the way back when she would just like throw on a wig and a bodysuit and call it a day. Like there seems to have been like quite the evolution, especially with the heavy prosthetics. Yeah. Something Fuck. heavy prosthetics. Yeah. A dragon. Oh, a dragon would be good. Yeah. A dragon would be really good. Scale. Just, I think something with scales. There we go. I'm predicting. I'm oh, predicting. Like yeah, something she'll be scaly. She might be a koi or something, like a big fish or a dragon or a frog or a snake. Okay. All right, let's lock that in. That's that's final answer. <laughs> yeah, she's so good at Halloween. Are you dressing up? I haven't got anywhere to go. Yeah, I don't I don't either and Eric doesn't dress up and I mean, I do have some really cool Miss Piggy sunglasses so I could just be Miss Piggy. That would be cute. I love Miss Piggy. So I've got an early meeting on the 31st that's in my calendar for 8am and I did try and push it back, cancel it or move it on account of it being a religious holiday for me. But it didn't work. Yeah, I don't think I've ever laughed as hard as I did when I first saw Heidi Klum's Halloween costume as the worm. I no. I mean I really I really laughed for a very long time. <laughs>
I've just never, I've never seen anything like it, you know? Proud of her. Yeah. Where were we? We were talking about something else, weren't we? We were talking about Josh, Josh Pack. Pack scabbing. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I'm going to let it fly. I do like that Tana's like, no one in that world is watching this. And I'm like, Tana, I think you're underestimating how many people have like at least a passing interest in your existence. Right. Like, I don't know. But yeah, okay, wait. So tell me about the cartels. This is interesting. They're taking a stronger stance on drugs than we are. (laughs) (laughs) This is very interesting. You know, funnily enough, as you know, North Korea, Russia, big areas of interest of mine. What you might not know about me is that Mexican cartels are also quite up there for me. You love a cartel. I bloody love a cartel. (laughs) Like to keep an eye on them, see what they're up to. Interestingly, apparently these banners have been showing up around Mexico and the translation is as follows. Attention, due to the epidemic that plagues our country and our neighbors and the loyalty to our principles, (laughs) we want to aid the government's efforts and CDS to eradicate the lethal drug known as fentanyl. Now it won't just be forbidden as it always has been within our business, but now we will persecute and punish the people who make, sell, transport or lace this drug. And that is apparently from the Cartel de Tijuana and the Cartel de Sinaloa, Sinaloa Cartel. And then another one went up that said, due to the never-ending misinformation by the media and the clear omission by the government to not investigate and pursue the culprits of this epidemic, in Sinaloa it will be strictly forbidden the selling, making or transporting or any kind of business involving the substance known as fentanyl, including the selling of chemicals used in its fabrication. We have never and will never be part of the business. Beware of consequences. And that's from the Chapitos. So... I was doing a little bit of reading about this. It seems like there is a another cartel that is like very into the selling of fentanyl. So I think this is a warning out to that cartel. I forget which one it is. But also I think like a, a lot of the production of fentanyl comes out of China and they're able to produce it very, very cheaply. And so this is less about, I think there are a few things at play. One, fentanyl isn't just in opiates. It isn't just in heroin. It's finding its way into cocaine it's in everything everything you that's like you cannot do street drugs like Mm -mm. that's the thing it's like i would really recommend not doing private label drugs either but like (laughs) you cannot like there's people who thought they were taking an adderall Mm -hmm. and it's had fentanyl in it you know like there's no no pressed pill is safe from it like there are fentanyl testing strips or whatever. Like you can practice harm reduction in that way, but like it's just in everything. I literally, I do not know, especially with Gen Z. Like you see that sort of like, first of all, shameless acknowledgement of their cocaine use. Mm-hmm. Like where it's like, um, can you like grow up and hide your drug addiction like everyone else? <laughs> yeah. Like get a life. Like, you know, or like try your best to hide it. But I don't know how there's people out there doing coke and i certainly don't know why there's people out there talking about their cocaine use mm-hmm. i think that's so just so dangerous yeah hard agree i think there's a few there's a few really interesting nuggets in this thread that i think are all really valid i mean one the most obvious one is if you have a population that is addicted to your drugs and they are dying or too afraid to take your drugs that's just bad business 
Like you don't want that. Oh, I think that's the number one motivator is that they can't keep killing all their customers. You can't be killing your customers. And this comes from someone who claims to be an ER doctor in Southern California. They said, this this is surprising, but I bet you this is coming from cartels that mostly deal in meth. I'm an ER doctor in Southern California, which is just a few hours from the border with Mexico. And it is increasingly common for me to see opioid overdose patients that once brought back from OD with Narcan are shocked to find out they OD'd since they thought they were doing meth or cocaine. A lot of that supply is now laced with fentanyl. So unfortunately, people who have never used heroin in their life have no idea how to deal with that kind of OD and are being affected. The one saving grace is that thanks to efforts on multiple fronts to prescribe Narcan to as many people as possible, we're seeing more and more bystander reversals of narcotic OD with nasal Narcan. Someone else says, I'm not surprised as I used to be. The first two rules of the cartels are don't get high on your own supply or become your best customer. And don't put a target on our backs by creating victims or martyrs. You break one of those two rules, you're going to wish you're working for a government that only puts people in jail. And I think as well, like the widespread fentanyl problem does bring a little extra heat on that drug trade. And I think everybody sort of wants to go back to a certain degree of (laughs) normality when it comes to it. It stems from US sanctions, says another. That's interesting. This message is because the cartels no longer have enough business from their previous smuggling of Fent and Carfent. Users got tired of the step down dirty when better options came to market. They've since lost their lead in North America to countries like India and China and recognize the continued distribution as an insult to their autonomy. Dangerous stuff. Nothing gets criminals to want to act for public good like somebody worse pushing onto their turf. Mm. Now, wait, what's that about China and India? I think China is the biggest producer of fentanyl. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's like... And very cheap. Very, very cheap. That's the problem with fentanyl is that it's very cheap. And so a lot of people are like padding their supply with it. Yeah. Yeah, They can industrialize the process really well in China too, in the same way that I guess they wouldn't be able to maybe in Mexico. Yeah, it's... The drug epidemic here is so scary, you guys. And yeah, I just, if I, yeah, I have too many friends who have gotten addicted to it. And I have too many friends that have passed. And like, oh, I just hope if, if, you know, you ever think of my annoying voice in your free time, I hope that it's me telling you to please just don't do drugs. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not there's no fucking there's no like fun it used to be yeah like drugs used to be fun they did they did (laughs) they're like not fun anymore like it's just it's it's uh russian roulette you know yeah it's terrifying it's the the widespread nature of it is absolutely terrifying like there is no fucking guarantee and unfortunately because we have a really backwards way of dealing with drug epidemics which is to criminalize drug users, that essentially we push drugs into a space where they're even less safe. So like there is a charity here that I really like called Transform, which is all about reimagining sort of drug legislation and decriminalization and doing kind of like safety testing. And they like heavily push for that at festivals or at like big time night spots or whatever. And like kind of gaining the trust of people buying drugs so that they can test them and they you, they give them back to you or you can kind of like put them in a almost like a, you can surrender them uh, like in a sort of like amnesty box or whatever but the idea is that like 
you have to take away the stigma from drug users so that they feel safe to be able to make sure that like, you know, they know a little bit better. 100%. Like 100%. Like harm reduction is so important. Like you can't just expect everyone to like, and I, and I say that like when I say, please don't do drugs. Like I understand that if you're a drug addict, like that's not necessarily a possibility for you, but there are ways to start testing stuff. I also just want to remind people, if you are around someone who, uh, if you're around someone who is doing drugs or let's say you're all doing drugs or whatever, do not be afraid to call the cops for that person. They will not arrest you for that. That's a that's a freebie. <laughs> so it is. It's true. There's like um, it's called like a bystander law or something, or like a good Samaritan law or something, where like if you call the cops and say like, "Hey, we were doing drugs and this person appears to be dying," like that's a freebie. Like you're fine. You can do that. You know, and probably not if you're dealing the drugs, but mm-hmm. yeah. But there was that thing in L.A. like where like four comedians were doing some blow at one of their places one night and three of them died and one of them woke up in the hospital like just severely, yeah, severely fucked up. And like, can you imagine being the one person who survived that and i don't think it's ever been said like who brought the coke or anything like that i think that that's been kept under wraps mostly but it's just a horrible situation and yeah just imagine you know you wake up and you find three of your friends are dead in your place Mm. not great not fucking great funnily enough i know you talked before on the pod about getting and like having and carrying narcan about your person Mm mm-hmm I saw, I, for some reason, I'm still subscribed to Next Door, but it's Next Door for Billy's Old Neighborhood in Texas, just because I love to okay. keep an eye of what's going on. You know, you I just want to know. Gotta keep an eye out. Yeah. Gotta keep an eye out. And I saw a post on there the other day that was like, oh God, it was from somebody who had said that they had started doing the same thing. And I was, I was honestly quite surprised that the comments on that post were, I would say, largely supportive. I'd say like maybe 85% supportive. There was, of course, I mean, we're talking about a, a conservative area of Dallas. So it's like, you know, we're not going to see a lot of people who are hugely supportive of helping drug users in any way. But for the most part, the there was a very sort of like level-headed dis- like discussion about harm reduction that I felt was really refreshing for that particular sort of like small town, but like very conservative mentality, which I would say, and I hate to overgeneralize, tends to be very much like demonizing of drug users as opposed to like taking a more proactive harm reductive approach. So, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, while these conservatives may, you know, act as if, you know, your average drug user is some like poor bogan who's living off the government or whatever, the reality is, is that everyone does drugs, mm-hmm. rich or poor, everyone does it. And everyone is susceptible to what's going on with fentanyl right now. And so I'm not I'm not super surprised to hear that. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some old people shaking their fist. But like, for the most part, like anyone who's around like my age, you know, like they probably have there's people my age who have fucking teenagers, you know, and 
it's and there's still plenty of people. I mean, look at how many conservative Republicans who are like 99.9% like smacked out on coke half the time. Mm-hmm. There's so many of them. So I think that if that's one thing we can all sort of agree on is that this epidemic is crazy. But yeah, I agree with you. It's nice that it's nice that people weren't being complete dicks. About yeah. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically that. Okay, we have heard from our girl. She's out. Julia Fox is out promoting her new book. I didn't realize this connection till after, but I haven't seen Julia on a lot of shows. And I realized Julia was in Uncut Gems, as we know, with Adam Sandler, who is a very good friend of Drew Barrymore. And I wonder if that's one of the reasons why she was booked on this show, because I haven't seen her many places promoting this book. That's very true. I hadn't thought about that. Well observed. There, yeah, there aren't a lot of uh, a lot of serious venues I think that are interested in Julia. So, except for Trend Lately podcast, where <laughs> she, she's uh she's she welcome anytime. Absolutely. I started working on the Sew House for Strange Women shirt. By the way, you guys. So that should be available soon. But yeah, so. He lets them um, listen to her share with Drew Barrymore what she's looking for in a person she dates moving forward. Well, what about now? Are you dating anyone? Oh, no, no, no. I have, like, sworn off men. I just, you know, it's like, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, you know? I'm like, I'm happy. Everything's fine. Like, why would I want to throw anything in the mix that might, like, you know, mess up my, my feng shui, so to speak? Like, okay, dude... What if you find yourself like me almost eight years later still single? Aren't you so happy, though? Yeah. Yeah, that's the best. I am. Yeah. I am. So if you were to date, what is it that would be a great... That I'm looking for? Yeah. I've made this list. Okay, good. I want it. It would need to be someone who also has kids so that they understand that, like, they can never come first. That's a big one. Mm -hmm. Then it would have to be someone that's okay with seeing me once a week for a two-hour window. Also, they have a driving force in their life that, like, isn't me. You know what I mean? I can't be the center of somebody's life. Like, I can't have someone's world revolve around me. I tend to get into those kinds of relationships, and it just never ends well because ultimately whatever vision of me they're projecting onto me isn't who I actually am. And then when they see who I actually am, they're like, oh, well, mm," you know. First of all, she looks very expensive. She does. Doesn't she look expensive? She's gone like this sort of almost like like rich brown that has like some red to it Mm -hmm. and she's wearing this like really great she has her eyebrows again she just looks yeah she looks like really stunning she does and i love what she's wearing she does she has like a watch choker around her neck chic and she's doing drew's eye makeup like hers by the way yes yeah and then in the rest of the clip is actually it's really lovely like listen you know Drew did a bit of scabbing and Julia's, you know, she's landed herself in the naughty corner on this podcast, but I still have a lot of love for both of these ladies. And um, it's really nice. They seem to be having like a really lovely, like warm conversation. I think Julia talks about how she used to 
dress for and I guess like create her image in the male gaze until she realized that like that's not something that she wanted to do anymore she wants to dress for the girls uh very sensible mm-hmm. she talks about Kanye in, in a I would say like very neutral slash loving way you know it's not particularly salacious it seems like respectful it's uh there's I'm I'm happy for her I am too. I'm a bit annoyed that she isn't dating a woman because that would have, if she could do that anytime between now and December 31st, I could tick that off my predictions list. Yeah, I, I I think that that would be great. Yeah, I don't know. I think you're whipping my ass again in the predictions list and it makes <laughs> me feel, I've had some, I've had some realizations about what's wrong with what I'm doing. I'm going to, I'm going too hard in the paint, I think with my predictions. And I called that. I do you think though that this has been the biggest year of Kiki Palmer's career? Yes, I do. That's all I want. That's the <laughs> only one I really cared about because I just want Kiki to thrive. And yeah, I think her profile has been raised even more and she's just a national treasure. So Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Love Kiki. Let's talk about this new thing about yeah we can close out the show with this it's a little story you know we're not going to get too deep in the elon of it all but apparently x will now start charging new users a dollar per year to use the platform for like basic features i had read some other conflicting things about charging based on usage which seems like a terrible idea and i think if elon's goal is to drive the platform into unusability then he's really on the right track to do that but the first countries that this is going to come into effect in are New Zealand and the Philippines and it's part of a program called not a bot so the idea is that the the one dollar kind of fee will stop there being so many bots on the platform odd I can kind of see it from the Philippines because there are a lot of like, there's a lot of tech grunt work that is outsourced overseas to the Philippines in particular. Right. Stuff like content moderation. There's that horrific documentary about workers in the Philippines who get paid tiny amounts of money to look at the most horrific content and moderate it mm, and aren't given right. any any counseling, any sort of like, there's not really any proper vetting and it has, you know, huge psychological effects on large swathes of the population but then there's also like you know bot farms whatever else it might be like just kind of so-called cheap labor that's outsourced i can understand why that country might have been part of a of a pilot scheme new zealand i'm not really sure about it's a really tiny country (laughs) i know they didn't even get covid there (laughs) i don't understand why it would be new zealand i know i can't understand it either like i just feel like people in new zealand don't need twitter right they can just shout out a window yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe that's xenophobic of me, but I mean it in a positive way that yeah. I just feel like New Zealand's probably kind of above Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I For some reason, I think the same thing. <laughs> I don't know why. But yeah, I mean, every decision that is made every week that I read about what's happening on that platform is not surprising, continually disappointing. And uh, I don't know. I, I did read something about the numbers of of active users on Twitter being reduced by something like 500 million. Yeah, it feels like that. 
Yeah. I'll tell you that it really does feel like there's been, like, there's people I just haven't, like, I'm like, is this person still, is this person still on Twitter? Like, why haven't I seen them? Like, there's a lot of people I just haven't seen in forever. Right. There's also, like, I mean, as you know, I am always particularly worried about a tool like Twitter being in the hands of somebody like Elon Musk, who I don't think has like the moral and ethical backbone to be able to front that. I think in particular now, if we look at everything that's going on geopolitically, whether it be Russia and Ukraine, Israel and Palestine, all of the above, there is a huge amount of misinformation that is circulated on that platform that is unmoderated. And I think that that is doing huge amounts of harm. Yeah. Like, huge amounts of harm so it does terrify me a lot to have a to have a platform so big be essentially run by one complete despot who seems to be allegedly taking a lot of stimulants um and has an agenda (laughs) yeah it's just not ideal (laughs) yeah no i mean it's the plat the platform's gone to shit. It's unusable. Like it really truly is, and it makes me sad. My question is like, how do you fuck up the most perfect website? Yeah. Like Twitter was always like, sorry, it was great. It was great in its simplicity. Like it was what it was. It wasn't yeah. it didn't need product development. Like it I guess it needed maintenance. It was never gonna be a big money maker either. But like what it's what it represented and what had happened on there was great like huge culturally significant moments and a feeling of like I certainly felt a feeling of community yeah and now it's just like yeah it's a cesspit it's a cesspit it's like the weirdest ads you can ever imagine in your life and now you get to pay a dollar just to uh tweet although he did say that reading tweets is free Remember when reading tweets wasn't free because they didn't pay their server bill? <laughs> you know what I've noticed is like you go to have I talked about this or not? Like when you go to see what the quote tweets are on something, and there'll be like a thousand quote tweets, and I'll say like there's nothing here yet. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Yes, there are. Like I would like to, you know, I would like to believe that all 1,000 of these people do not have me blocked. Like, it's just very confused. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand what's going on there. But we do have some really good stories for the afters. Oh, yeah, we do. Yep. We're going to get into some old-timey jokes. (laughs) And we're going to talk about McCamey Manor. Oh, yeah. So if you guys are interested in hearing that, head on over to the afters. It's on our Patreon patreon.com slash solid listen or you can subscribe in apple podcasts and get a two-week free trial with that so you can go and listen to all the afters in two weeks if you want you guys thank you so much for listening to the show supporting us feel free to toss a review if you'd like i'd love a review not necessary though we're just happy to have you yeah tiffany any parting words my eyebrow is a little bit sweaty for some reason but other than that no i've had a great time as usual Okay. All right, you guys. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll, we'll talk about it in the privacy, what's going on with your eyebrow. But yeah, we'll we'll talk to you soon. God bless America and everyone, everywhere else. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, 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 yeah.
never seen a shawty that look like a double G. Every girl in here tan, but it ain't no Tennessee. And you might just get some money, but it ain't no guarantee. Double G's on the left, double G's on the right. And you know I stay in Texas, I don't really like to fight. Like we in 2013, shawty do it for the vine. Shawty moving real well, I might have to wind it down. Threw the money to the ceiling, now watch it hit the flow. Now rag it up, huh? rap, rap, rag it up, king, bag it up, huh? bag, bag, bag it up, king, stack it up. Stack, stack it up. She said, Where you at? Sam Marcus down in Texas. And if I drop a pin, best believe that she on the Thought way. She was important, but I moved her right about the way. Delta cheese tonight. Told her, baby, I got cheese tonight. Get a scholarship. I ain't smoking on no TAC. Low tolerance. All these ladies telling me I'm finna blow. Like they tell her. Shout out Turbo Tax, Tax Refund. What's another? Back to quarterback at recess. No rush. And you gon' end up like a Call of Duty mission. No rush. This ain't UT. Why shirt orange like a pump? Mama call me as we have college. Six girls. I'm Cassie Waters. Bridget Nilsson. Mariella Williams. I'm Gloria Smith. I'm Annabelle Crow. I'm Nadia Olson. One book. Light fades, dark ascends, and whisper in shadow. And a demon from hell. Calling Darkness, available wherever you listen to your podcasts.